Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my hopeful daughter and mindful monkey, my co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship, conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Lauren, I threw that mindful monkey thing right out there because... <laughs> That was a very convoluted introduction. I know, but my hopeful daughter yeah. monkey. <laughs> no, no, my hopeful, mindful monkey, monkey daughter. That's because mm. when we were setting up today, you told me that it's Halloween day tomorrow at school. Yes, it is. And you are dressing up. Tell us of what As, is your costume? Well, I will be a mindful monkey. Right. And uh, mindful monkey, the puppet, will be a banana. And, and I love what you said. We introduced Mindful Monkey last week, well, formally in, in our somewhat aborted <laughs> uh, podcast. And, yeah. and the reason Mindful Monkey was brought up last week was because I didn't press the record button. Are we recording? Mm. Did I do it right? Today? Yes. 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 So we're record. underway. And you called me, a, or I called me last week, a mindless monkey because I didn't hit the record button. Mm -hmm. And we missed out on the greatest show that we've ever done. And we're going to try to show ever. And oh. we are going to try to recapture it today. Okay. You, you know what? I was looking at uh, some of the stats and our self-coaching podcast is now being heard by representatives in 50 different countries. Really? Yeah. No wow. One, no one in Antarctica. Well, I wonder after last week if we uh, <laughs> scared some countries away. Oh, and also you said something last week I thought that needs to be highlighted. And that's that when you introduced Mindful Monkey Puppet to your class, you you told the class that the Mindful Monkey comes from the Amazon. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. you clarified that and said, not the jungle, but Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Very, very right. creative. So <laughs> big times are happening tomorrow at the school. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into talking about Mindful Monkey a little bit because I think it's it's part of uh, just a philosophy that fits, fits everybody. <laughs> it's everybody. it's kind of funny, though, because, you know, Mindful Monkey obviously has a great alliteration, which is why we chose a monkey to be mindful. But but uh, in reality, like typically monkeys are used as the antithesis to mindfulness, right? They, when they say you have a monkey brain, it means that you're jumping from thought to thought to thought and it's hard to settle or think clearly. So it's just kind of funny that he's actually being used. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got it, got it. So, yep. Oh, mindful monkey. Uh, we have to, maybe we could get into channeling our inner monkey as we go on today. I feel like a mindful mole might have been a better no, choice. No, 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 no. No? Wow, that actually is pretty good. Pretty, pretty realistic over there. People may be wondering, what is this podcast really about? Are mm. we talking about channeling inner monkeys? Are we talking about Halloween? No. no. We are talking about hope. 
right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting segue how we got there, but right. here we are. Here we are. Um, as Alexander Pope once said, hope springs eternal in the human breast. We are hopeful monkeys, aren't we? Mm. <laughs> I suppose. Are you, hello, hello, monkey. Are um, you carrying the monkey theme throughout this whole podcast? No, no, I'll let, I'll let it go. But, okay. but, but as human beings, hope is something that is very, uh, I guess, universal, isn't it? That we, in, in desperate situations, trying situations, uh, hope does spring eternal. You know, we keep looking for that resolution, the answer, uh, release. Would you say that we are hopeful creatures? I would say so. Yeah, I think hope is what keeps a lot of people going in mm -hmm. difficult situations. Yeah, it certainly does. And I guess let's try to just wrestle with the what is hope. Well, hope is whatever we are hopeful of is for resolution and, and or healing or all that kind of good stuff. But it makes us feel less helpless if we feel better times are ahead or we're going to improve our health or this or that. Being hopeful just makes us feel a little bit more in control in the present. That's mm. why that's why hope is so important. I like to use the term uh, hopeful present. If we have hope uh, and we are in the hopeful present with that hope, it, it does, it changed the quality of our life. And it was Viktor Frankl who said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. When circumstances make it impossible to go forward, or at least in that moment, uh, we can change ourselves. We can change how we perceive, how we react to circumstances, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Do you mind if I throw out one more quote, since I'm, I'm quoting all day today? Sure, but I'd also like to compliment your hopeful present. Okay. Uh, I really like that term very much. Oh, and, and speaking of hopeful present, Lauren finally remembered to bring the chimes. So oh, yes, I did. Since, since she likes the hopeful present, I, I'm going to, I doubt that the, the mic will pick this up because my other uh, singing bowl sounded like a clonk. But, but this <laughs> is the most beautiful sound. And, and you want to talk about a hopeful present presence. This sound is of the hopeful presence. Ready? Now, I don't know if it's being picked up, but it's still going. And, and you going. only hit it one time, right? Yeah, yeah. And they use these in, in meditation. You, you had said once a while ago in one of our uh, rambling, prattling sessions that uh, the, the sound of a chime, that, that it just keeps going and going, and you're, you're waiting for the end of it. It kind of keeps you in a meditative state. Uh, do you mm -hmm. remember, remember what you said about that? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's a mini sound meditation. So if you listen to the chime until the moment that it ends, your full attention is placed on the vibration. And so it is considered a meditation when you put your full attention on one thing hmm. for any amount of time, but even for a few seconds. So getting to my second quote. <laughs> oh, right. I hate to waste a good quote. Marcus Aurelius. It's time you realize that you have something in you more powerful and miraculous than the things that affect you and make you dance like a puppet. Certain certain challenges own us, and and, and you know they they're, they're pulling the strings. The circumstances that affect us are like the puppeteer pulling our strings. 
we we aren't puppets on the string. We have a choice. We we really have much more powerful things in us in terms of how we react to adversity, to challenges, to difficulties. So it's all about perspective, right? Yes, but I'm curious. Like, do you, do you think that the word hope and faith are similar in meaning? I think faith is unwavering. Like hope, you have to kind of work at. But I th I feel like faith is when you just know, you it's like a belief that things will work out, and hope is something you have to continually almost work at. I think. I remember um, a BBC film, an old BBC film I saw with Carl Jung, the Swiss psychiatrist, and he was being interviewed, and the BBC interviewer asked him, do you believe in God? <laughs> and Jung, he was in his 80s at the time, he almost fell out of his chair. He goes, I don't believe, I know. Mm. <laughs> so, you know yeah, faith, that's faith. <laughs> faith. Faith can be very powerful. Um, not to bring up another tangent, but you just mentioned Carl Jung, and it reminded me of last week when we were talking or prattling about the gift that I got you, which I thought was finger puppets of the different like famous psychologists, but a friend of mine who was listening to the podcast who happened to be there when I bought you your Christmas gift that year, she called to correct me and she said, I did not buy you a Freud finger puppet. She said, I bought you Freudian slippers. And she thought that was important for us to correct because the Freudian slip, um, get it? Like Freudian slippers, yeah. Freudian slip. Those slippers were really, really quite, quite a thing. But, but I the puppet, so too. The, yeah, I thought about it too after we spoke about it. They came from my good friend, uh, Dr. Alan Geddes, who we still no. want to get on this program. Yes. I got you Freudian slippers. No, I know, but he got me the puppets. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Uncle Alan got the puppets. Right. But my friend Aaron wanted to just make sure we clarified that you did in fact get Freudian slippers. And by the way, for those of you listening in, Erin is our fact checker. That's and what she said. Each week she goes over <laughs> our facts and sends us a six page readout of all the things that we say that are incorrect. Yeah, so we pay her per, per fact. <laughs> thank you, Erin. Thank you, Erin. And, All right, uh, sorry, I interrupted you, but I thought it was important to clarify. Yeah. So speaking of clarifying, when we are hopeful, of course, we are in this less helpless place and we are hopeful for things to change in a positive direction. But what about hopelessness? You know, when we when we consider that there is no hope uh, and that's where we allow ourselves, as Marcus Aurelius said, to be puppeted by circumstances. and. And I think it's important to recognize that, you know, you have to ask at least the question that when I feel hopeless, maybe my brain's lying to me. Maybe, maybe it's a deception or what we might call a cognitive distortion where, where we just feel that, you know, just because I've tried a few things or even 10 things, but nothing's worked, so nothing will ever work. Mm -hmm. So cognitive distortion is, can be when we start to distort in a negative direction and we buy into that. So when you're feeling hopeless, I think it's important to kind of backtrack a second, take a deep breath and, and ask yourself, is just because I feel hopeless, am I really hopeless? Because feelings, according to self-coaching, are not necessarily facts. So feeling something can and should be challenged, especially when it creates more dissonance, more discord in your life. 
Mm. Yeah. And I think in some ways you have to be careful that you don't create a self-fulfilling prophecy because sometimes when we allow ourselves to think negatively, um, we just sort of attract those outcomes and we're comfortable with them because we're feeling Mm -hmm. or allowing ourselves to feel helpless, whereas or hopeless. But if you can challenge those thoughts, like you said, sometimes you wind up attracting new solutions that you hadn't thought of before. So when, when you get into the doom and gloom of life and you're buying into the distortions of helplessness, try this. Here's a simple technique. Just try to argue the opposite. You know, open your brain up to the idea that things may not be so bad, even if you can't grasp it. But, you know, rather than cling to a negative assumption about the future, try to argue the opposite and, and, and sit yourself down and say, you know, that's not going to be so bad. Or, you know, that's just an exaggeration of things that may never happen. So don't succumb to uh, the doom and gloom thinking that's so evident with helplessness. True. And I think also another strategy that's important to remember, which we always kind of touch on, is to remember the things that you can control and the things that are out of your control, which would be most future, mm-hmm. most things that happen in the future. And I think being clear on what you have the ability to take action on currently is really helpful. And knowing that all of the things you can't control, those things you want to try not to keep your attention on. So even finding distraction and finding ways to feel good about what you can do in this moment and sort of be open to possibility in the future and not allow yourself to obsess over these things that you can't yet control. And, you know, you can anticipate all kinds of things and maybe some of the times you'll be right, some of the times you'll be wrong, but you're much better off living with the factual present than the anticipated uh, future, which may or may not comply to your your thoughts, especially thoughts of hopelessness or darkness or depressive thoughts. What was that? Isn't that a Mark Twain quote that you love about how he says he's worried about 10,000 things in his life, most of which never happened, something like that? Exactly. I've worried about many things in my life, most of which have never happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I always come back to a, a patient of mine who, who told me his mother had the opposite feeling. She said, don't tell me worrying doesn't work. Most <laughs> of the things I've worried about don't happen. So there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like that. It, it depends on how you look at it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to go on a little bit more with um, hopelessness. But if you don't mind, there's a, a song that would kind of, I think, um, characterize our theme today can i play Mm. that for you first surely okay and this always puts me in a good mood and a hopeful mood for for whatever ails you and you'll know why and it's a favorite song of yours which i happen to know so here we go Mm. two one someday i'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind Troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where you'll find me. Somewhere over the rainbow. So, Lauren, uh, where you wake up 
Where the clouds are far behind you, those storm clouds, where trouble melts like lemon, like lemon drops. drops. We're high above the chimney tops. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's Alice and not Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy. That's Dorothy. <laughs> but but basically, uh, you know, those are the vaulted feelings of hopefulness. Uh, not necessarily lemon drops, but nevertheless, when we when we yield to an optimistic future, which as we're saying, the future doesn't exist. And let's make a distinction. So if we're saying stay rooted in the present, why are we talking about hopeful future? And there's a simple reason. Because if you are optimistically hopeful about the future, it changes your life in the present, as opposed mm -hmm. to if you are pessimistic, it pessimistically affects your life in the present. So even though we're talking about things going right with hopefulness, uh, and we don't control those things, it changes our present. So that's why uh, from, from a what you might call a Zen perspective, that's why it's legal. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's why it's legal to be hopeful about something that isn't in the now, if mm -hmm. in fact that hopefulness changes the now in a very positive way. True. I, I think that I don't remember the exact scene when that song was sung in, in The Wizard of Oz, but I'm pretty sure it's when Dorothy was in like a really um, scary and difficult place with the Wicked Witch. No, um, no, and so, no, 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 no. Was it the beginning of the movie? As I remember, she's standing next to a tractor with Toto the dog in the seat. Yeah. And she had just had a row with some, some witchy lady or something. And and I don't, I don't know the movie that well, but then, then she, she just goes in, you know, they were going to cut that movie. They, they, there were lots of arguments. They didn't want it and didn't feel it really added to the movie. And it became, you know, the most, one of the most classical songs. They were going to cut that song. You mean? Yeah. The whole song. From the oh, movie. well, my thought was like, I mean, I, I just assumed that she was in um, a, a hopeless mood when she sang that song or, or I shouldn't say hopeless because she was obviously thinking into the future in a hopeful way but she was probably in a difficult situation when she sang it i don't remember exactly but are my you, point are, is are you conflating that with something you saw in wicked because i know you've, you've seen the play oh wicked, it's or... it's really possible that i am but i guess it doesn't even matter my point is just that um in what you do in the moment matters so if you notice that you're feeling helpless or you're feeling defeated, probably the natural tendency would be to surround yourself with negativity that supports what you believe. So if you believe that everything is terrible about the world and things are falling apart, um, typically you surround yourself around people that will validate those opinions. You'll watch the news and see all the terrible things. Like it's just um, natural to sort of look for validation if that's what your true belief is. But if in that moment you make a conscious choice to try and challenge that helplessness, you can actually find different things in that moment to actually shift your perspective and actually try and stay away from some of the toxic things that will fuel it. Yeah, those toxic things. Do you think we exaggerate negatives? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, we tend to have that tendency that, you know, mountains out of molehills, as they say. And unfortunately, funny. like we've talked about before, negativity is so contagious. So if you are feeling negative or helpless about <gasps> <Shoo>! something, 
<laughs> yeah, it spreads quickly. So if you if you share your negativity with someone, chances are they're going to um, you know validate that for mm. you. So you want to be careful. Um, just be aware. Bring self awareness into your yeah. moments. Yeah, no one no one likes to be around negative people. Some people of, do though. People well, negative I, people yeah, like yeah, it. It's like <laughs> tuning forks. You know, you tend to resonate with that person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, here's what I think. Next time you're feeling hopeless, right? Mm. Not that you would feel hopeless, but next time you might be feeling a bit hopeless. Ask yourself, you know, what are you getting out of being hopeless? Because there's probably a secondary gain. So let me ask you that question. Why do you think someone uh, be feeling hopeless? What, what do you think they might be gaining by being hopeless, negative, pessimistic? Um, my guess would be one of two things. Either they're gaining some sort of control because mm. they are able to like control the negative outcome like they're okay with feeling um as though there's nothing to lose and then the other thing i would think is that they are insulating themselves from possible disappointment wow very good grasshopper <laughs> that's from the old kung, the kung fu you probably remember that then isn't it from um mr that's... miyagi no well maybe he used it but it came from uh, david carradine played uh a character in a series on TV. I think it was the sixties oh, called Kung I thought Fu. It was from, um, and, and the guru used to call him Grasshopper. So what's yeah, Mr. Uh, Miyagi's movie called? Uh, the Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Okay, I got it. Okay, I'll find so, out. So if so, one of the things, as the mindful monkey says, is the secondary gain may be uh, protecting yourself from feeling disappointed. And let me offer that. What, what else can feeling hopelessness uh, give us well it might protect us from having to take action you know once you throw mm -hmm. your hands up and concede to to any of life's challenges uh then you're excused you know it's a free pass free lunch hey you don't have to do anything you know just sulk around and you know don't try to make your situation any better woe is me boo 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 right <laughs> so yeah. okay what's the opposite what now i'm going to put your mindful monkey hat on Okay. What, ask yourself, what do you gain from a hopeful attitude? I guess you gain the perspective of possibility, like you allow for things mm. to unfold. With hopefulness, I assume, like you just have higher vibration feelings and thoughts. Well, one of the things you get is uh, that your troubles will melt like lemon drops, right? Sure, mm. I forgot about that one. So, so what you gain from a hopeful attitude is a hopeful and positive present. Uh, it it release, releases us from, you know, just the toxicity of feeling out of control and at the mercy of our circumstances. So it's, I guess it's synonymous with optimism, wouldn't you say? I would say, can you read the quote from the beginning again about the eternal hope? Hope springs eternal in the human breast. Okay, so in the human breast, does that mean like in the human heart? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was just thinking as you were talking, there's a lot of, you know, spiritual and uh, Zen practices that actually take your attention to this inner space inside of you where 
thank you. <laughs> Every time you do that, I lose my train of thought. <laughs> but but they they try you try to train your mind to sort of be still enough to stop looking for outside circumstances and really feel into your own existence. And when you can get to that peaceful place inside of you, uh, circumstances don't matter any longer. It's like you are in this moment. You are. I'm having a hard time no, no, describing that, that, it, but that, that was that was perfect. You know my thought, right? What you, what you said of that's in a, what I'm hearing you say is that circumstances don't own us. We own us. Exactly. And I think that's what that quote is speaking to. It's like inside all of us, we have an eternal hope. There's a constant, like mm. if we can access that place, it, it, it will always be one of hopefulness because when we're one with ourselves and not with the circumstances and not with the thinking mind, um, it, it is a place of hope. Uh, I think that if you look at all the books you've ever read, all the movies you've ever read, people stranded on islands, people in war situations, we we tend to always have this hopeful resilience to go forward. Hope, I think, propels us to not quit, to not give up. And that's, you know, the, the when there's hopelessness, there is depression, there is, you know, kind of a concession to uh, just inertia. You know, and and what I was saying before about your your profound note on on circumstances not owning us, it's not the circumstance, and a lot of people may struggle with this. Yes, but how that's such a terrible thing that happened, and how can I not feel such and such? Well, the thing is, yeah, certain circumstances are horrific, but it's how we react to those circumstances that determines our fate. Mm. If if we if we lose a job or if someone steals our valuable diamond ring, how you react to that is, is not predetermined. If 10 people lose a diamond ring, uh, maybe eight of them will be you know, just devastated. One might be less devastated and one might not even care. Hey, it's, you know, life goes on, I'm healthy. So it's not the circumstance that dictates the reaction, it's our mind. So it, once you get to a place where you realize that life itself does not call the shots. So even though we live in a world where things, you know, kind of undulate from positive to negative, positive to negative, uh, those negatives come and they go and they don't have to define or dictate the course of our lives. So true. You know, if, if, if you were kind, you might've said, you know, you give yourself a little chime there. But I was no, sometimes, no, 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 no. sometimes I need a second to just process. No, no, that's saying. okay. That's okay. Because, you know, as much as that could have been a chime moment, I think I'm going to ask you right at, right out, just straightforward. Lauren, do you know what time it is? Oh, yes. It is self coaching pep talk time. Living your hopeful present when life feels like an endless struggle. When everything in you is telling you to give up and quit, it seems like you only have one hour hope. And as valuable as hope may be, it resides in a future expectation of relief and or resolution. It's one thing to be hopeful about what's ahead, but it's quite another thing to abandon today's possibilities and responsibilities. By all means, Cultivate a hopeful attitude about the relief you seek, but do this 
in concert with a here and now determination to live your life with a hopeful present. You do this by replacing fear, doubt, or pessimism with hopeful here and now optimism. And it may seem counterintuitive, but hopelessness is driven more by unchecked thoughts of insecurity than by circumstances. A hopeful present begins by simply embracing your tenacity, your resilience, and your determination. In other words, starting today, live your hope. Oh, give yourself a ding. You sure? Yeah, yeah, you earned it. <laughs> I wish you didn't call it a ding, though. Oh, what would you, a chime? How about a spiritual resonance? Okay, give yourself a spiritual resonance. I just did. I don't want to overdo it. Okay. So one one thing, our, our, aside from having Erin as our fact checker, yes, we we also have our uh, editorial critic, which mm. is you know who that is, my, yes. my my wife, your mom, mm -hmm. and she's, she's very good at her job, and she very much cringes over the the, the singing bowl chime. Really? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now she'll wow. probably say, "Why are you doing? Just let it go." So. I feel like it's one of the nice little accents of our show. Well, of course, you and I enjoy these podcasts. There <laughs> probably aren't many people that, that enjoy them as much as you and What I. do you mean? There's people from 50 countries enjoying them, it sounds right. like. I wonder how many are millennials and, we should, and how many are boomers. Yeah, mm -hmm. we need to find out. We need to get involved with our audience. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, because if nothing else, we have many hopeful our audience is so hopeful that we will finally produce some decent podcasts i know they're hanging on and, and they and they good. only listen each week because they're hopeful that you know we'll, we'll finally come up with something worth listening to right i guess they have faith in us i don't know oh, there you go with faith faith you know, yeah. yeah i like that word uh, uh i also i heard this strategy that i thought was kind of cool and i think it kind of fits in here i'm not really sure but the strategy is that every time you catch yourself saying like i have to go do this today mm -hmm. that you need to catch it and like reframe it into i get to go do x y or z so like if you catch yourself thinking like oh i have to go to work instead you would reframe that and actually say oh i get to go to work and even if it's you know even if it's a job that you don't like, like you can still get to the underlying meaning of that phrase, which would be like, okay, I actually have a job and there's a lot of people that don't, right? And so like anything you could come up with, you can shift. That's, I, most of the time I, I, I'm in league with that kind of thinking, but I do have, a, I do struggle like, and in this, I just got the call today from the phone. I have to go to the dentist. So, so I get to go to the dentist. That's gonna change my feeling. Yeah. You got to go to the dentist because there are like, first of all, you have insurance coverage that allows you to go to the dentist and you live in an area where you can, uh, you know, afford and access dental health. So your teeth aren't going to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I just get saying. to go to the dentist, which is a good thing for my body. And it just, it shifts you know, something, no, right? right. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not denying that that's a better philosophy. But it does it does take a kind of disciplined mind to kind of really grip that and understand it. And it does. I, I guess I'm rather undisciplined. So. I used it this morning because I, my first thought when I woke up is like, oh, I have to wake up. And then I immediately was like, oh, I get to wake up like I'm alive today. Yeah, it, <laughs> it does. It changes your 
perception. It does. No, no, no. I, I totally agree. So you know, are we at the prattling part of our uh, podcast? I don't know. I was trying to tie that into hope, but I'm not sure if it necessarily connects. But I, I took that strategy from another podcast I listened to. Okay. But I don't remember. So I was beginning to feel a bit hopeless there. But but let me ask you this. Last week when we did our kind of uh, abbreviated podcast, mm. you, you were able to give us a mindful monkey sound. Uh, how how mindful monkey talks to the kids. Could could you could mindful monkey come in here for a second and just Yeah, I need to actually grab him. I have him right here. Oh you do? Hold him yeah. up, let's say. Oh my he gosh. He's, so he's very cute. He's got a mask. Yeah, he does. Oh. It's a little hand puppet and it's a little tiny <laughs> monkey and he's got this yellow mask with a rainbow on it of course somewhere okay uh hello thanks for having me on your podcast today oh yeah you know it's true you know, like lauren was saying before we started today that when she holds up mindful monkey that and and talks for the puppet the kids don't look at her they look at the monkey Who's who's supposedly and I, and she's she I, I see her on the video right now and she's holding up mindful monkey and she was talking and I'm not looking at her I'm looking at the monkey talking it's, <laughs> it's really quite a quite a phenomenon yeah you take his mask has he been vaccinated yeah. uh no but we he his mouth and nose are completely sewed up so I don't think he can transmit any sort of All right. uh, yeah and what was, uh, he's going to be a banana did you say yeah, he loves bananas. No, didn't you say he was going to dress up as a banana? Yeah, I kind of promised the kids that he would dress up like a banana because he talks about them all the time. But I don't really know. I think I'm actually thinking of just putting like an actual banana peel on his head and letting that. <laughs> oh, that's slimy. No, you don't. Want to do that. <laughs> I don't. Then I have to figure out how to create. No, you have to give him a bath. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. I gotta get to work tonight on something. So everybody's going to be hopeful, right? We we we. we we did this podcast last week in case anyone missed last week's show that I did not record. So we're actually doing a podcast that was done before that no one heard uh, except Lauren and I. Mm. And I don't know. Do we do justice to it today? Or? I don't know. I mean, it's always tricky when you redo something because. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah I, I don't know. I'm happy with today's, but um, I missed some of the stuff from last time. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, I guess my only closing remark is that everything in life is all about perspective, you know, and, and whether you are helpless, hopeless, optimistic or pessimistic, check your perspective and you do that by channeling your inner monkey. That's right. I think that about sums it up. And, and last time we also offered some sort of reward for any podcast listener who makes it through the prattling to the end of the podcast show. Oh, yeah. yeah, we offered what $25,000, or something. But yeah, but last week was kind of cool because what we started at the at the conclusion, right? When we started our podcast, we said we always have fun at the end of our podcast, and only you and I have fun. No one else does when they listen. But you and I always have a lot of fun <laughs> at the end of the podcast. So why not begin a podcast at the end? And that's what we did last time. So we, we started the program prattling, and uh, and now we're at the prattle part again. So now we did our more usual and typical program. Correct. So that's it. That's it. So uh, I know our. Our uh, editorial consultant is probably you know, rolling her eyes at this point saying, get her done. So mm. I, think, I think we need to get her done at this point. Okay. Okay. All right. And visit our website, selfcoaching.net. 
where you could learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, if you don't mind, check out my self-coaching books. And uh, yeah, we'd appreciate it. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless. And you, you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my magical monkey daughter, hopeful Lauren, and me every week. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. And let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way. Life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way.